Hey, everybody. Today in the Charlie Kirk Show, we talk about artificial intelligence, uh, Google woke AI, and the alternative economy with Michael Seifert. That's right, Michael Seifert. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. That is freedom at charliekirk.com. Uh, get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That's tpusa.com. And become a member today, members.charliekirk.com. If you want to join our exclusive Zoom call this Tuesday, members.charliekirk.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. Joining us now is one of my favorite guests and a partner of the program. You all should check out publicsquare.com. That is publicsquare.com. Uh, Michael Seifert. Michael, welcome to the program. Michael, you had a very viral tweet um, that is just some commentary about illegals committing crime. Tell us about that tweet. I want to talk about Public Square, but l- let's lead with that. Well, Charlie, earlier this week, I tweeted that in the last week alone, this was from Wednesday, in the last week alone, illegal aliens in this country have been arrested for the following. Murdering a college student in Georgia, murdering a two-year-old boy in Maryland, raping a minor in Virginia, again, doing that to a minor at Knife Point in Louisiana, and shooting three D.C. police officers. That was on video and really went viral. And I ended with a simple message, which is that you are no longer safe in Joe Biden's America. And within 36 hours, that tweet amassed a a pretty substantial um, viewer count, largely because it resonates with the frustration that so many Americans feel. These people came across our country illegally, which is breaking the most sovereign element of a nation. If you're not willing to respect a nation's borders, you have zero respect for the nation. So any of these people that are coming across illegally, claiming that they have some sort of admiration or love for the country, and that's why they want to be here, they feel safe here. If you actually love this country, you'll respect this country. And when you when you actually disrespect the borders, you're disrespecting the country. And then the folks, as President Trump said, they're not sending their best. So when these folks come over, these military-aged males, and they commit these atrocities on our soil, uh, you have to look to the leadership of this country and hold that person and that administration responsible. This blood is on Joe Biden's hands. And uh, it, it's it's tragic, ultimately, because behind each of these bullet points is a grieving family right now. And uh, I can't imagine being in their shoes and knowing that the president of this country, who should be representing your interests, is actually throwing you under the bus. That's right. And just to go through the list, murdering a co- illegals so far uh, this last week, uh, murdered a college student in Georgia murdered a two-year-old boy in Maryland, uh, raped a minor in Virginia, raped a minor at Knife Point, Louisiana, and shot three D.C. police officers. Those are all illegals that are here, not with our laws. They should not be here. That is just the last week. That is a murder, a murder, a rape, a rape, and a shooting of three D.C. police officers. 
And that does not count, by the way, the DUIs. The DUIs is a huge list. Um, big problem is Central and South Americans that illegally come into the country and commit DUIs, not to mention the 100,000 plus drug overdoses, 60 to 70,000 of which are fentanyl deaths every single year. I want to just talk about Public Square here as well, and it kind of ties into the story with Google Gemini. Uh, Michael, I know you have some strong thoughts on this. Tell us about it. Well, uh, last week was an entertaining week on X as multiple users started to discover the wokeness reaching new heights in the halls of Google. Uh, This tech giant that used to be sort of the, the pinnacle of innovation has now revealed that they're nothing but a woke cesspool that did Bud Light times 100. Uh, Basically, Google has this new Gemini AI product that has been highly touted. People were really waiting for this to be the competitor in terms of a language model against things like OpenAI or Bing's AI engine. And it was a dramatic fail, causing over $90 billion in loss of market capitalization for Google Alphabet, the parent company, in just 36 hours. So what happened was that anytime you'd put in a text prompt that's supposed to generate an image, uh, you would notice very quickly that Google Gemini AI was unwilling to show you white families. They were unwilling to show you white historical figures. In fact, they were basically coloring over all of our uh, white founding fathers. It looked like a Hamilton play. So you'd ask Gemini AI, hey, who uh, uh, show me a picture of the, the founding fathers around a table uh, drafting the Declaration of Independence. And sure enough, it would be like a black man in a powdered wig. It'd be a Native American woman. It would be an Indian person all sitting around this table. And then you'd ask it, show me a Europe. This is my favorite, Charlie. Show me a nice average European family. Well, if you ask any normal person that question, we're going to think, okay, well, it's probably a blonde or brunette family from Europe that has some Anglo-Saxon or Germanic heritage. But no, Google Gemini AI showed you a black man, uh, a white disabled woman sitting in a wheelchair and a disabled dog with only three legs. That was their quintessential average European family that they wanted the public to see. Uh, this ultimately resulted in a massive string of apologies from Google, but they also came out and admitted that it's going to take years to repair the damage that was done with their code, which means this wokeness was not just a little bug. This is so entrenched in the heart of this Gemini product that they spent billions of dollars on that it will take years to reverse. So, Michael, can you, for our audience that isn't quite seeing it as macro as they should, and I understand because we get emails, Charlie, what is AI? It doesn't matter. It's just like a trick. Can you talk about the application in business, the application in education? Because these are now, this is the best way I could put it is that th- think of this as a highly sophisticated search engine where people will then get what they believe to be true. It will then, it will then dictate truth. Can you build that out for some of our audience members that don't quite don't quite understand the ramifications of this. Absolutely. So artificial intelligence is essentially a language model of outputs produced by certain inputs that are human generated. Meaning I will train an artificial intelligence to think and talk and reason and calculate based upon certain inputs I give it, which means that 
whatever humans are behind the creation of artificial intelligence and whatever biases or viewpoints they are bringing to the table, you can expect a level of output from the artificial intelligence tool, whether that's OpenAI, Bing, Gemini, whatever it is, that is in alignment with those viewpoints that served as inputs. So why this is so destructive is if we're going to create a culture where trillions of dollars are shifted toward incentivizing artificial intelligence in career fields like law or accounting or search and uh, development projects, if we are going to say that AI at the most extreme is literally the new source of truth, if they are the arbiters of truth like we used to trust a search engine to display factual information objectively, this is really, really dangerous when one of the core inputs for the world's largest company that's producing this was, hey, don't show white people in any sort of historical positive fashion, only focus on minorities. So you're seeing what's happening here. The future is being written by a bunch of people with ideological biases against uh, a very large race of people in this country. And where this gets ultimately super dangerous is when you actually extrapolate AI to its eventual conclusion, which is called artificial general intelligence. So uh, one last piece here for everybody to note, the world of AI today is rather simple. Developers give it inputs. AI utilizes machine learning and scraping from all the different historical sources on the internet to create outputs paired with the input knowledge. Where artificial general intelligence goes is AI tools having the ability to actually reason for themselves. They do not know, they no longer need human inputs. They can be um, uh, essentially self-governing. That's incredibly dangerous because when these AGI tools eventually emerge that have been built by uh, a foundation of woke ideology and on an existing platform of AIs that are against human flourishing, conservative values, traditional values, family values, et cetera, you are going to have essentially a super intelligent digital being that is programmed from its inception to be woke as heck and geared toward entire races or sects of people if you're conservative. Uh, it's something we should all be incredibly weary of, and it's something that we at Public Square speak out against adamantly very often. Michael, that was excellent. The way you summarized that was really crisp and terrific. Hey, everybody, Charlie Kirk here. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. After he invented the world's best pillow, he created the famous Giza Dream Sheets. They are the best sheets you'll ever sleep on. The best night's sleep just got even better. For a limited time, you'll get a queen-size set of $59.98, king-size for just $69.98, the lowest prices in history. Mike and the MyPillow employees continue to be canceled by big box stores and attacked by the media. They appreciate all of your great support. During these times, I want to thank you by giving you the best specials on all their MyPillow products. To get the best specials ever, go to MyPillow.com or call 800-875-0425. Use promo code KIRK. You get the famous Giza Dream Sheets, queen size for just $59.98 and king size for just $69.98. You also get 60% off the original My Slippers. So call 800-875-0425 or go to MyPillow.com, promo code KIRK. That is mypillow.com, promo code Kirk. Michael, give us an update from Public Square. Well, Charlie, the parallel economy is booming. 
We are so grateful that we are now at 80,000 business vendors on our platform. We have grown in a rather parabolic fashion, largely because Americans are so frustrated by watching corporate America repeatedly sell out the American people. They have moved our jobs overseas. They have partnered with a big government and weaponized their progressive values against the American people. In many cases, uh, like with Salesforce or Facebook, they've utilized massive corporate profits to sway elections. And uh, we're done with it. We actually want to support Main Street. We want to help small businesses that love the country and the Constitution know that 100 million plus American consumers stand with them. And that energy and hope and positivity is actually converting into new customers on Public Square, supporting and patronizing these incredible business owners. And uh, the growth has been immense because of it. So we have some exciting things planned for 2024. One more thing I'll mention, Charlie, is that heading into the election this fall, we're trying to do a good job of actually representing the voices and the values of our small business community on Public Square through things like a town hall series that we actually just recently announced. So we are going city after city to meet with elected officials and meet with our Public Square businesses in those regions. So this week we were in Pensacola with Donald Trump Jr. and Matt Gates. Next week we're in West Virginia and we head to Georgia and we head to uh, uh, Arkansas and head in a few different places to make sure that the American people know that the parallel economy stands with them and their voices will be heard heading toward this election. That way people know when November does come around that this is a great opportunity to vote with your ballot, but it's not your vote is not limited to the ballot. You actually have the opportunity to vote every single day with your wallet. Anytime you swipe your card, you are endorsing something. And we want to help folks make sure that they're empowering the right types of businesses to thrive. It's working. Thank God. I hope you're going to Bentonville, Arkansas, where Walmart is headquartered. And Walmart is going to... They need it. Yeah, Walmart needs a wake-up call here. Can you react to the New York Times saying that if we deport criminals, it's going to be inflationary? Your response, Michael. I'm curious who paid for this article. Uh, I'm curious who the funders are. If you look real deep into whoever's pushing the open borders agenda, you'll also uh, often find that it's a major corporation at the end of the line that ultimately wants to fund this. The same is true of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce used to be a bureaucratic organization that was built and established to help small businesses thrive and succeed. It was supposed to represent the American Main Street, but instead, the Chamber of Commerce is now openly pro-open uh, borders. New York Times here is making the claim that the deportation agenda that would be found in a next Trump presidency would somehow be bad for the economy. They call it inflationary. The opposite is true. If we actually deported en masse the immigrants that are here illegally, the illegal aliens in our country, you would find that wages would actually increase for native-born American workers. Uh, here's a data point that's really important that your viewers, Charlie, take away. Uh, over the last five years, native-born job growth, so if you're a native-born American, job growth has flatlined. If you are an immigrant, uh, your job growth in this country has gone parabolic. It is exponential. It's like a hockey stick. And so the reality is uh, the, the ruling class in this country loves cheap labor. That's why they love illegal immigration. That's why they hated Ron DeSantis when he announced recently that he was going to force all the companies that are here in this state to make sure that they had the proper documentation for the workers. That's why they hate President Trump when President Trump says that in his next term, he will actually conduct deportations en masse. They see it threatening their donor class, these mega corporate entities that rely on cheap labor uh, that is undoubtedly 
documented, want to make sure that they get to keep their uh, the, their gravy train coming, even though it's the small businesses that'll be darned in the process. Because what happens, Charlie, and I'll finish with this. If I'm a small business on Main Street and I'm trying to compete with the mega monolithic corporate entities that rely on cheap labor that aren't requiring documentation for their workers, the only way I can compete is if I lower to the lowest common denominator. I'm going to depress wages to try to compete with the big boys. I can't keep my wages super high and also try to charge the top line revenue prices that these big giants do. So if I want to stay competitive, I have to cater to whatever they're doing. Well, if we actually start to level out the playing field and make sure that any company, regardless of their size, has to play by the rules and hire the proper people with the proper documentation. Small businesses will win out in the end. It will be true capitalism rather than this crony capitalism promulgated by lobbyists out of Washington, D.C. and K Street. I am excited by the next Trump administration for this very reason. It's incredible. Excellent work, Michael. PublicSquare.com. Thank you so much. Thank you, Charlie. Good to see you. For years, I've been talking about how our nation's public schools have been captured by progressive ideologues, especially true if you're a Christian family. For those of you uh, worried about the best educational path for your kids and grandkids, I want to tell you about how Turning Point Academy is working with the Herzog Foundation and how you at home can also benefit from it. They have an online publication called The Lion and also Making the Leap. The Herzog Foundation offers a wide range of advice and information for Christian parents to make the best education decisions for your kids. Go to HerzogFoundation.com. That is HerzogFoundation.com. So check it out right now, HerzogFoundation.com. Portions of The Charlie Kirk Show are brought to in part by the Stanley M. Herzog Foundation. That is HerzogFoundation.com. Joining us now is my pick for Senate, hopefully majority leader, Senator Rick Scott from Florida. Senator, thank you for taking the time and for joining the program. Your reaction to Senator McConnell uh, stepping down in November, and do you have plans to make a run for Senate leader? Well, first, Charlie, thanks Thanks for your, um, first of all, thanks for what you do every day, and thanks for your support. But so th- this is a big opportunity. I mean, look, at, think about this. We could actually have a somebody that actually believes in this country and believes in solving the problems of this country, running the Republican in the Senate. And when we get a majority in um, uh, in November, uh, or be, it will be in January, we can actually make big change. So uh, I'm seriously considering it. As you know, I ran against uh, McConnell about 14 months ago, and he rushed the vote to the next day, and we weren't able to prevail. But here's the process we're going to go through. Um we are going to, first thing we're doing is we've called Ron Johnson, Mike Lee, and I, and some others have called for a conference meeting and say, hey, what, who do we want to be? I mean, I'm a business guy. What would I do in business? I'd say, okay, so what's our stra- what's our plan here? What, what, what are we going to stand for? So that's, I think, step one. Then it, I think it then it gets pretty easy. If that's what we're going to stand for, then who are we going to elect to do it? And so that's, I mean, it's real simple. That's what you do in business. That's what we ought to do with this. We ought to say, hey, we want to be this. Do we want to secure the border? Do we want to balance the budget? Do we want to make sure we're not in forever wars? Do we want to, you know, watch all, you know, just hold our, you know, hold your government accountable? And if, now, if we don't, let me tell you, here's, it's real simple. If we want to go the same path we've been going down, you shouldn't elect me. I'm not going to do that. But if that's the plan, if, if, if the Mitch McConnell plan is where we want to go going forward, then I should, they should, no one should fix me because I'm not doing it. I'm not, I have been fighting to, to fix this, your federal government and hold your federal government accountable since I got, I got up there and with the support of a lot of wonderful other people, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, Ron Johnson, 
JD JD Vance is up there, uh, Josh Holly. We're fighting every day. So my the first step is is absolutely let's 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 get let's all get together and say we're going to solve the problems of this country. I, I love that answer, Senator. I have to ask though, why don't you and your colleagues just respectfully tell Leader McConnell, let's get this done now? I think it would help us in the in this election cycle to have a new leader where there's ongoing negotiations. Why is he waiting till November? Can you give us some insight into that? Oh, we don't, we don't get anything out of him. He never tells us anything. Okay. I mean, it's just how he does bills, right? He gives, he gives us, I mean, he'll give us a bill at the middle of the night and expect us to vote on nine o'clock that morning. So, no, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's not going to, he's not going to tell us, but, he, but here's what happens. I, I think we need to have change now, but here's what actually think about what happens in the business. The guy decides he's going to retire the day that that's announced. He's, you know, it's, it's over. They'll, they'll, whenever the new, the new leadership team starts, even if it doesn't, you don't get in the title right away, they're the ones running the place. So, um, so, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to start by doing the right, right process by making sure we come together and say, we are going to solve the problems of this country. And then when that happens, I think quickly we can come to a conclusion and say, okay, who can get it done? Do we want somebody that's run a business? Do we want somebody that's been, you know, a politician all their life? And never has, you know, never had to, you know, hold anybody accountable. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a pretty simple choice, I think. Yeah, I am not shocked, but I'm saddened, Senator, when you say the leader. Oh, he doesn't tell us anything. Okay, that's just so dysfunctional. I mean, let's say you became leader. Can you just talk about how you would change the communication style with your colleagues? I mean, robust communication in business, in life is essential. You shouldn't ever be kept in the dark. Charlie, I'll, I'll give you the, just, I'll tell you the difference. Okay. So I ran the biggest company I ran. We had, I had 285,000 employees. My job was to talk to the employees, right? Because I didn't get, it didn't, I didn't, we didn't serve. I, we took care of 150,000 patients a day. I didn't take care of those patients. It's the people that the nurses and the doctors and the, and the lab techs, they did. So my job was to make them successful. How, how could I help you do your job better? Right. That, that's that, that was my whole job. Give them right equipment, give them right training, you know, you know, give them encouragement, support them. That's what I have to do. So up here, how many times do you think people in, in uh, I've been up in up, uh, in D.C. five years. How many times has anybody in leadership come and says, hey, Rick, let me help you become a better senator. It's pretty easy, Charlie. It's zero. So the first thing I would do is I say you sit down with everybody uh, and you say, how can I help you? Do what the Constitution says. Represent your state. Because if we all represented our states, we wouldn't do this crazy stuff. Because it's not good for the people in our states. So the first thing you do is you sit down with everybody and say, how do I help you to represent your state? Because I believe that's better for the country. Uh, so that's that's what I do. And then you can then you then the other, here's the other thing, Charlie. We, you know, Ron Johnson, Mike, and I have, and some others have you know forced the conference to have some meetings. At the end of the meeting, do we say, hey, like in business, you say, look, we all we all said what we thought, and this is how we all, let's all come together to do X. You think that's ever happened in five years? No. McConnell will sit there, you know, sit there, you know, we'd not say a word. We'd all say our piece, and then he'd just walk out of the room. And then just go down the path at once, just like this last supplemental. Had nothing to do with what we wanted. I mean, it's just so insulting to so the country. To the I mean, <laughs> It's just, Senator, we have, we have really big problems. The people are sending you there on a mandate. You're painting a very dysfunctional, dare I say, corrupt oligarchy that exists in the Senate. 
This is not what the founders intended at all. There's there's two dictatorships in the Senate. There's the on the Republican side, there's the Mitch McConnell, and on the Democrat side, there's there's a Chuck Schumer, right? And so they basically because they control those super PACs, they they you know they say, hey, I elected you, you're going to vote with me, I won't help you next time. So they 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 come into their meetings and they say, hey, I just want to let you know. I got money from these rich people, and I'm the one who won your race. You didn't win your race. I won your race, and you're you're going to vote the way I tell you to vote. So, and they're, they're, they can be subtle about. It. Sometimes they'll say, "Well, like, oh, so so I ran against I ran against Mitch McConnell what 15 months ago. So guess what? I'm running the biggest company if I think of any senator in the, in the history of the Senate. What they immediately do the next day? Kick me off the Commerce Committee and Mike Lee because he 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 nominated me. Okay, so we, so Mike and I probably did 80% of the amendments on the Republican side to any bill that came in front of Commerce uh, my first four years up there. And we got kicked off because it was a revengeful place. So, so that's not going to happen because what would, I'm going to do is I'm going to say, look, you, if, you, if you, whatever state you represent, how can I help your state succeed? Because if every one of our states succeed, we succeed. And the and right. I don't hear people say, hey, I want more debt. They don't want to say, oh, I, I've not heard anybody in my state or any state say, hey, add open borders for me, right? Or oh, I want to be in another forever war. Or I want to give a whole bunch of money to another country right, with no accountability. I mean, this is, we've got to stop this craziness. It is, it, the stuff that I was able to do in Florida by holding the government accountable, balancing the budget, focusing on, Getting somebody a job, getting their kid a good education, keeping them safe—that's not what that's not what your what your Congress has done. It's oh, what did Mitch McConnell or Chuck Schumer want? They give us a bill at the, and they give us like remember the omnibus? They gave us the bill the Tuesday morning, one thirty in the morning before Christmas, and said if you don't vote on it today, guess what? The world's going to end because government gets shut down. So you got to do it. Don't worry, this has seventy five hundred earmarks, seven thousand pages, three three times the size of the Bible. We want you to vote on today. Unbelievable. This is this is not will not happen again. It's this has got to stop. So, so Senator, I want to ask. I, I want to just kind of talk about the spending debacle in front of us right now. It's too bad that McConnell won't step down ahead of November. Are, are you involved? I guess the answer is no. Are are you or your colleagues involved at all in these negotiations with Speaker Johnson? So here's here's what we've done. So uh, about a year, a year and a couple of months ago, uh, when Kevin McCarthy got elected, what I did was uh, I, I started having a, a weekly meeting, and it was Mike Lee, Ron Johnson, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, um, uh, Mike Braun, and we invited uh, the fiscal responsible people in the House, and sometimes, um, sometimes uh, Mike Johnson would come. And so what we've been doing is meeting every Wednesday night and saying, look, we've got to be one for something and two we've got to go sell our we've got to be it's going to be something that we can explain to the american public and that's what we've worked on if you remember um it took us about two months but we did the first debt deal and that's what the house passed right um and then you know kevin mccarthy made the decision to go a different path after that but that's what we've been trying to do um the uh, so but with now uh, and you look, Mike Johnson's got a very tough job. He's got a two-vote two majority. Uh, he's got a very tough job. But what my our job in the Senate is help the guys in the House, and and because they have they have a majority, our our job is help them in the House. 
And they can't pass things in the Senate, Charlie, without at least nine Republicans. So we need to say, we're not doing this. We're not going to we're not going to go. We're not going to give Biden 10 billion dollars to potentially give it to Hamas and the Palestinian Authority. We're not doing it. If 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 that means Chuck, Chuck Schumer, you don't want to pass something, don't pass it. Break my heart. Mm-hmm. But we're not doing that anymore. This is going to stop today. All we have to do is guess what? We don't we don't get to we don't get to decide what in the Senate right now because Chuck Schumer controls it. What we vote on. But guess what? We can decide what will pass. It cannot pass without Republican votes. That's why the first thing we got to do is like if we decide if when we finish this conversation about uh, about oh what are we going to stand for if they if they say well we think it's great how what, how Mitch has been doing it give up yep. right because nothing's yep. going to change Senator right? I, if it's not if it's not say hey we're going to do it we're going to fix it. I could not agree more. We're behind you, Senator. I know you have an announcement next week. You're thinking about things. I don't want you to put on the spot, but what an upgrade you would be, Senator Rick Scott. Senator, thank you so much. Thanks, Charlie. Bye-bye. You know, it feels as if the election is next week. We are still months and months and months away. Democrats have stuff planned for us, everybody. Do not rest on your laurels. They're going to use every single power source at their disposal. Get ready for mass censorship on social media. Get ready for propaganda continuing. Get ready for a big scare, maybe another lockdown, mask mandates. You know what's really amazing to think about? 15 days to slow the spread was four years ago. That was four years ago. 15 days to slow the spread. We're kind of like a damaged and bruised animal. We're like so used to being attacked. We're just waiting for the next thing. And honestly, that's the only posture that we can have. Electrical grid breakdown. And oh yes, by the way, the federal government swooping in to pay college students to do voter registration. Number one, they're not lying down or giving up. They're going all in. Now, they say it's nonpartisan voter registration, and technically I'm sure that's true, but 60 to 70% of these voters vote Democrat. Now, we're trying to change that at Turning Point Action. We're doing our best. RFK is going to win a significant portion of this, but it's also they're very good at using government resources to fund their agenda. We got to get to work. This is why Turning Point Action matters so much. Precinct committee positions, ballot chasing, voter registration, Everything that we're trying to do at Turning Point Action, the federal government is paying for. So it's literally Turning Point Action versus U.S. taxpayers in some way. Play Cut 97. We have been doing work to promote voter participation for students. And, for example, we have, um, under the Federal Work Study Program, now allows students to get paid through Federal Work Study to register people um, and to be nonpartisan poll workers. We have. I think the clip goes beyond that. However, there's no way to defund this. Of course, they're going to now be registered in multiple states. No one will clean those voter rolls. This will then result in more mail-in ballots being distributed to college campuses. This is not the role of the federal government. The federal government should obviously not be doing this. Could you imagine what the, what the inverse should be is that at every gun shop, And every church, 
Well, the federal government, someone should sue. You know, maybe Stephen Miller should sue. Will the federal government pay churches to register their congregants to vote? It's fair to ask. Will the federal government pay churches to go through the pews and register them to vote? They're, they're going after, obviously, demographics that are largely in their favor. And the federal government is now, and we know this, the federal government has changed its role to become a get-out-the-vote operation that favors Democrats. And they do it all under the nonpartisan kind of veneer. And we know exactly what's going to occur here. That once you expand the voter rolls, it opens the chance for fraud. It opens the chance and the opportunity for mass mail-in ballot nonsense. Now, one of the glitches in the matrix is RFK is winning the youth vote in some of these states. Donald Trump is doing much better with younger voters. But they're going to try to make it a one-issue thing. Vote on abortion. Vote on Roe. Vote on women's rights. It's tough to overcome that. They know exactly what they're doing. So we're going to have to continue to expand our voter registration effort, our ballot chasing effort, and we're literally fighting federal government money. They know exactly what they're doing here. Four years ago, it was 15 days to slow or stop the spread. The cultural revolution has not slowed down in four years. Joe Biden is sitting on record amounts of campaign cash. Let me say that again. Joe Biden is sitting on record amounts of campaign cash. Donald Trump is continuing to navigate the law fair primary. We are just getting started, everybody. We are a long way out from Election Day, and they have just begun to heat up their machine. We better get into gear. We have to register more voters, chase more ballots. Currently, we are behind. And if we don't fix it, we're going to have a disappointing outcome in November. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening and God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.